This is the Building Resilience Podcast, episode 38, Creating Cognitive Reserve, with your hosts, Heather Stables and Leah Davidson. Welcome to the Building Resilience Podcast, where we learn all about building resilience in ourselves and helping others build it too. We draw from the principles of positive psychology, neuroscience, and coaching to help you face change and adversity and do more than just survive. We want you to thrive. We are your hosts, Heather Stables and Leah Davidson, and we are certified life coaches and speech language pathologists. We will help you manage your mind, your emotions, deal with your stress and your overwhelm, and become the very best version of yourself, version 2.0. Let's get started. Hello, hello, hello. Hi. So... As you know by now, everyone, in addition to life coaches, we are also speech-language pathologists, speech therapists, and what else? Swallowing therapists, SLPs, communication therapists, and we work primarily, Leah and I, in the area of cognitive communication. So let me just explain what that is, because I think it'll add some uh, background to the topic today. So... Essentially, when you have a brain injury, it changes the way you think. And so when you think of cognitive skills, attention, memory, information processing, how you process information, problem solving, reasoning, and how you go about accomplishing goals in your everyday life, those are all of your cognitive skills. And now all of those skills impact your language skills, how we read, how we write, how we understand information we hear, and how we express ourselves through speech. And so that's the link. And so, for example, people may say they're having a hard time reading, but then we see it's because they're struggling with focus or concentration or retaining the information or processing it. It's not necessarily reading. And this applies to how we understand information in a conversation as well. It's not necessarily your comprehension skills, but it could be your attention skills. So many of these skills are really closely integrated. And that's what we work on when people have cognitive communication disorders. Many of the clients that we work with are having some type of brain related challenge. So we work with people who have had concussions or traumatic brain injuries or have had a stroke. And many of our clients also struggle with other mental health challenges such as depression and anxiety. So all that to say, we spend a lot of time talking about the brain and favorite topic, neuroplasticity, which hopefully you've listened to episode 14, which is all about neuroplasticity. And that is basically the brain's ability to rewire. Inevitably, after you've had an injury or are struggling with some mental health challenge, people are always concerned about their future health of their brain. And understandable, they have seen firsthand how a slight change in a brain's functionality can have massive implications on their daily life. So of course, they want to make sure that they can maximize their brain function and want to know what they can do to strengthen their brain. Yeah, and I think we are all naturally concerned about our brain, especially as we age. And hopefully we are more concerned about our brain as we learn more about the importance of it and the mind-body connection. So we want to make sure that we're taking care of our brains from a young age all the way from birth. And that means we want to learn as much as we possibly can. Now, this leads us to our topic today, the idea of cognitive reserve. Okay, so what is it? It's a concept used to explain a person's capacity to maintain normal cognitive function in the presence of brain pathology. Cognitive reserve is a term that neuroscientists coined to basically understand why some individuals are able to remain cognitively healthier, and they remain healthier despite biological adversity. 
even warding off disease such as Alzheimer's or social adversity, like stressors or personal losses. So the concept of cognitive reserve originated in the late 80s, and this was when researchers started to conduct a very famous study with some nuns. They found that many nuns had no apparent symptoms of dementia, who were nonetheless found at an autopsy to have brain changes consistent with Alzheimer's disease. So they had the brain changes of Alzheimer's, but when they were alive, functionally, they had no signs of it. So what the study concluded was that these nuns did not show the symptoms of the disease while they were alive because they had a large enough cognitive reserve to offset the damage and they were able to continue to function as usual. That's wild. Is that crazy? Yeah, it's nuts. So you want to get some cognitive reserve? I totally do. I totally do. That's why we do this podcast. This is major cognitive reserve for us. All the the work and the research and the thought that goes into doing these podcasts. Um, So I want you to think of cognitive reserve as your brain's ability to improvise and to find alternate ways of getting a job done. So we can think of a brain like a car and it's like it learns how and when to accelerate, when to shift gears, avoid obstacles. And cognitive reserve allows your brain to change and shift and avoid obstacles and learn new things. And this helps you navigate stress and uncertainty and cope with all those challenges that life throws at you. And while we come with certain genes, and there's little we can do about that, we have learned that there are things that we can do to adapt our lifestyle to include behaviors that can offer significant opportunities to improve our cognitive reserve. Right. Because you remember, we want to take advantage of neuroplasticity, which is the brain's ability to rewire and create new pathways. So anytime you have new activities, new behaviors, or new thoughts, you are creating new pathways. So you want to create as many pathways as you can, as that is what creates cognitive reserve. And of course, this brings us to a TED Talk. Of course. Lisa Genova, she is the author of Still Alice, and in her TED Talk, What You Can Do to Prevent Alzheimer's, she gives a good explanation about cognitive reserve and how it can help protect you from functional signs of cognitive challenges. That's right. So I'm basically going to give you an example like the one she gave. She says, okay, if all you know about me, Leah, is that I am a life coach, Then if there is some decline or some challenge and that route of Leah is a life coach becomes blocked, you may then not know anything about me. But if you know that I'm a life coach, I'm a speech pathologist, I'm married to Rob, I have a blended family, I live in Toronto, I love to travel, then if one or several of these pathways is eroded, then you still end up having information about me. So it's kind of like, think of it like having multiple routes that you can take. So if I'm driving around the city and I hit traffic or a detour, it's not a big deal because I have multiple routes that I know how to take. So cognitive reserve is having these multiple routes that you can take if something goes wrong with one of the routes. So you may be asking yourself, how do we get more? And scientists are uncovering ways to acquire more cognitive reserve. Now, firstly, we know successful early brain development during childhood is crucial. So it's important that we're focusing on our younger generation. But I know a lot of overwhelmed moms who are thinking, great, (laughs) I have to have them constantly stimulated now and doing everything, you know, extracurricular imaginable. And no, you don't. You know, play, reading books, physical exercise, listening to music, social interaction. You don't have 
have to be doing elaborate science experiments at home. One of the best things that you can do for your kids is modeling. Modeling good self-care, modeling good habits, and pacing, setting boundaries, one of our favorite things, Mm -hmm. learning to say no, telling the truth. And of course, it is great too if you can expose your kids to music lessons and some sports and art and have them interacting socially with other kids, but you don't have to go overboard. Playing at home, reading some books, seeing friends in the neighborhood, that's all great stimulation. And as you get older, you want to expose your brain even more. Just continue to do things like learning and acquiring more education, working with more complex things, simply being exposed to challenging mental activities. So like reading or playing board games or learning a new language or even playing cards and regular physical exercise also helps. So this is a lifelong thing that you want to be investing in your cognitive reserve. You want to constantly be doing new learning because to increase our cognitive reserve, We want to engage in new learning, creating and using as many pathways as possible. And really any activity that engages your brain or stimulates it is a great activity. And there are so many resources out there today. And to name a few, you can learn a new language, learn how to cook, take some art classes, learn how to play a musical instrument learn a new sport, take a new exercise class. You can learn more about meditation and introduce new routines in your day that include mindfulness, meditation, breathing, tapping. All these things are available in person, in communities, or online. So just doing things that are different, create new pathways. And did you know, Heather, that one activity that's been known to be excellent as we get older is ballroom dancing. And because it activates the cognitive, the social, and the physical. So Mm -hmm. any activity that engages your mind, especially new learning, is especially helpful. But ballroom dancing is one that has been highlighted because of its benefits. Have you ever done ballroom dancing? I sure have. You know, Rob gave me a couple of years ago for Christmas, he gave me six lessons and we went and did them. And I have to say, I was exhausted <laughs> at the end of them. And, and it was because of that new learning. Like, you know, physically, mm. it wasn't so much like I was breaking a sweat or anything. Although yeah. some of them, I can see if you were doing this like consistently, you would. It was more like following it and trying to, you know, focus and remember and learn. Like it was such a cognitive workout. I could not believe it. I loved it so much. That was built on years of like ice dancing as a figure skater and then routines as like a floor routines as a gymnast, right? I had pathways. yeah. Yeah. But every new routine is different, but it's always a challenge, right? But my folks are big into ballroom dancing too. Oh, that's amazing. But that actually just speaks to exactly because I didn't have that background. So it was like going through a jungle with a machine creating a pathway for me. Whereas for you, it likely was just cleaning off some weeds. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't know about that. (laughs) But yeah, but it's it's really like learning a, a new language. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, but it's it's not just a language of like, you know, thinking. It's like of exercise and moving and Everything. all the things. Yeah. So everybody get out there and do ballroom dancing. We want a ballroom dancing revival happening. <laughs> yes. And take videos and share them with For us. Sure. And share them. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Working volunteering are also amazing activities. We see many people who retire and just decide to keep working a bit. Now, it's not for the money, although that can help too, but it's for the cognitive stimulation more than anything else. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite ways to increase cognitive reserve, and I know this is one of your favorite ways too. Heather. I'm smiling. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
unraveling. There is so much cognitive activity there. So, you know, just starting from planning the trip, the anticipation, the planning, the research. And often, like, if you're like me, I'm reading about it. I'm on forums about it. I'm talking to people. And then you're actually there. You go. The culture, the language, the food, the sights, you're just taking it all in. And then there's the physical aspect. I always end up amazed at how many steps I end up walking when Mm -hmm. we're traveling because I love that's my method of choice whenever I'm in a new city is just walking. And the socialization, meeting new people and, and finding out about them. And then there's the after, which is the reminiscing and the storytelling and memory activities. It's a great way to up your cognitive reserve. And I want to add something else, which is just a little bit of a tangent. Did you know that for people who want to increase their happiness level, sort of get the biggest bang for their buck, it is to invest in experiences and not things. So they have found that people who invest their money in experiences get longer term happiness from it because it's the gift that keeps on giving because you can go back to your memories and you can like relive it over and over again. Whereas if you're buying like a shirt, you know, you get that dopamine hit from shopping, you bring it home, you're probably excited to wear it the first time, the second time, then all of a sudden it stays in your closet. It's done. Whereas with traveling, you just keep pulling it out. Like I can just ask you about, you know, your trip that you did to a safari or to France. Mm -hmm. And right away I can see your whole face light up and you've got story after story. That is reliving the memories. That's also helping your cognitive reserve and it is boosting your happiness level. And it's amazing. I love that I knew that you were going to bring that up. But it's amazing because when we travel, there's a start and an end to the experience. Mm -hmm. When you buy a shirt... The shirt stays around forever. You get tired of the shirt. Yeah. You know, and this is the thing. We adapt to... Um, yeah, we just adapt to it. But it's interesting things. because you would think that we, you know, if something stayed around forever and we would get used to it. But the idea is we can relive it over and over. Our brain does not know the difference between reality and imagination. Mm -hmm. So when we are reliving the memories, the brain actually brings you right back there. That's why you can get like such a rush just by thinking about a memory of travel. One thing we love to do with SLP clients is to help them get more things out of what they watch and what they listen to. And we often do online courses with them, but it's all about new learning. And there's so many online resources that you can do courses for free. Coursera, Udemy we use. We do a lot of masterclass and you know you can pay a small amount and get you know a lot of new learning. There's also video courses that you can take. You know YouTube, TED Talks, we talk about that quite a universal class and of course masterclass. That's right. And another thing that we do when our clients are watching and listening to like TED Talks or podcasts right now, just by listening to this podcast, you're increasing your cognitive reserve. So you're welcome. We're giving that opportunity. But there actually is a difference between actively listening or watching to something and passively doing so. And so this is what we talk to about our clients. We give them like some guidelines and help them to maximize their listening so that they can maximize their cognitive reserve. So there's a few key things that you can do. All right. We're stepping into speech pathology mode a little bit. That's right. Here are a few active listening strategies. The first, get rid of distractions or move from downtown Toronto, (laughs) as it were, right? That's right. Be 
mindful of both internal, internal distractions, that's like your own thoughts and feelings, as well as external distractions. So external could be the auditory noise, like the sirens that you hear in my background. Could be the visual noise. Like if you're at a restaurant and you're seeing a constant stream of people, that's also occupying you at the stimulation. And so you want to, the thing is you want to make it easy to pay attention. And so, you know, if you think of studying in university, whatever those conditions look like for you, that's what you want. So taking notes and the benefits of taking notes, it's, it's amazing for focus. It helps with memory. It keeps you active in the process as well. And it helps you with comprehension. And so there's different modalities when it comes to language, right? There's listening, speaking, reading, writing, and the more modalities that you engage in when you're learning something new, the more likely you're able to process the information and retain it. So very important to take notes. That's, you know, coupling a different modality. The next one, the third one, is talk about it with others. This really helps consolidate what you're learning. It helps you retain the information, even test what you understood. It helps you share perspectives, and it helps open up the conversation to new ideas too. So let's get a bit more specific about how you can up your active involvement. That's right. So those are sort of the general things. And now more specifically, when you're listening, the first thing we want you to do is actively listen for words of wisdom. So this can be things like that are quotes that stand out or thoughts that someone has that resonate. Like what would you pull out? Um, Marie Forleo, she calls these tweetable moments. You know, if you've ever watched anything on her Marie, uh, Marie TV, she'll sometimes be guests that she has on will say something that she'll be like, oh, that's an amazing quote. And then she'll have it and she'll say, everybody tweet out this quote. So you want to look for these. You want to look for these catchy phrases. Um, when my kids were younger, we always did. And really up until just a couple of years ago, I've totally slacked, but we used to do a quote every single week. And I would write this little card and I'd stick it up in our kitchen. And once a week during our family time, we would talk about what that quote meant. But what happened was because this was a pattern in our lives and a routine, my kids were trained to look for quotes. So they would often be sending like a text saying, oh, I saw this great quote. And that would be the quote that we would use for the next week. And still to this day, they do it all the time. They'll send, even though I haven't been as good in doing the quotes because we did it for years, they were trained to listen for that information. So that's the first thing to do. Look for the information, look for those great quotes. So the second thing is you can listen intently for new vocabulary or even better, like new concepts, new perspectives. What are the things that you didn't know? And what can you go up and learn more about? So for example, even today, the idea of cognitive reserve, that may be a new concept for you. You may want to go explore it more or just learning from here today. You're like, okay, I now know something new that increases your cognitive reserve. So you want to be paying attention to all these new things. Now, the third thing is you want to listen carefully for any questions that whatever you're listening to is posing. You know, if this is person talking, they're posing or being implied. Like what question can you come up with that will get you thinking more about the concept and maybe get you diving deeper? So questions that maybe you want to clarify as you don't understand something or questions that bring up other options or thoughts. Sometimes the best question to start with is always why or why not. Now, again, 
The big thing is write stuff down. And this means you aren't doing this task as you're running or driving, but you know, every once in a while, listen intently and take some notes. And you'll notice that not only will you retain the information better, but you'll think more deeply about it and it'll, it'll turn into a building cognitive reserve skill. And obviously, it's still great to be listening and not taking notes. So we're not saying you can't do that. But I'm sure you notice a difference when you're focused listening with the intent to synthesize and take notes versus more passive listening with the intent to get the gist. Both are good. But if you really want to up level, then try to focus and take some notes. Yeah, it's all about what the the purpose is, right? For the Mm -hmm. activity. I say that all the time with my clients. It's like, what do you want to get out of it? If you want to remember more of it, you want to, you know, laser in. So, and it's not to say that if you take notes, you're going to remember everything. Cause sometimes I know that I have clients who will be like, I took notes and I still can't remember. I'm like, yeah, you and me both, you know, it's true. (laughs) Our brain is busy. There's a lot of information, but what happens when you take notes is when you refer back to the notes, there's a familiarity and then the brain is able to pull things up. So taking notes doesn't mean like you'll have it memorized. And the second somebody brings something up, you'll be like, Oh, I know all about it. It just helps increase the familiarity for you and, and helps you think a little bit deeper and build more cognitive reserve. Yeah, it's just a, it's a way to remember. That's all. Mm-hmm. So those are just a few ways that you can increase your cognitive reserve. And I think just understand the concept of cognitive reserve can help you increase it because now your brain is on the hunt for it. And when you tell your brain to go find things... It is pretty amazing at that. So it'll look for opportunities to grow actively. Mm -hmm. In sum, learn a new language, meditate, learn a new musical instrument, join a team, stay working, go travel, take dance classes. You want to be engaging physically, mentally, cognitively, spiritually, so you can read books and play cards and take classes and listen to TED Talks or podcasts. And then you want to be actively engaging. You want to be writing things down, talking about them, seeking out the messages, the catchy quotes, the new concepts, asking the questions. And if you do all those things throughout your life, you are creating some good cognitive reserve. And again, another way to increase cognitive reserve is to become more aware of what's going on in your brain. And one of the best ways to do that is through coaching. So you know where you are. If you are ever interested in dipping your toe into coaching, then reach out to us. We would love to talk with you. Have an awesome day, everybody. Do some activities that increase your cognitive reserve. Thank you for listening to the Building Resilience Podcast. If you are interested in a little bit of weekly motivation, want to be kept in the know about upcoming free classes and resources, new podcast episodes, and other ways of working with us, please go subscribe to our weekly email. You can subscribe at www.hl-lifecoaching.com forward slash newsletter. Again, that's www.hl-lifecoaching.com forward slash newsletter. We'll see you again soon.